Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing had ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. What's going on, man, fam? It's your boy Richard here. I'm here with Kent and Brian. We are all here hosting this episode. A little different kickoff than you're probably used to. Um, you know, we mix it up sometimes. Keep it fresh. Uh, we consider ourselves kind of the Von Erichs of the podcasting business, and I have not seen the film, but I think it goes great for them. So I will <laughs> kick it off from here. No, we're here talking uh, the Iron Claw. Sean Durkin's the Iron Claw, which has been a um, one of those movies. Our favorite thing to do um, are these kind of, in my, in my opinion, my favorite thing to do are these are these movies that happen hopefully every year, sometimes every couple of years that. Uh, more and more, you kind of, because of the way releases are done and what streamers are pushing what and the politics of award season, you're kind of aware of what is really being pushed, um, what the players will be in terms of the great movies of the year. You know, you know this maybe in in July or August. You know, okay, there's one this summer, and now everything else will be later. And then every every if you're lucky, some stuff kind of comes out of nowhere and uh captures everyone and is is enjoyed by everyone that sees it and uh, i would say this this film has been that for a lot of people it's been on a lot of top 10 lists it's actually made decent money it's a24 so i can't say it came totally out of nowhere but uh but is has been a a a fun little movie talking to people about i've gotten a lot of like texts and things about this one so before i get into kind of all of our general thoughts brian what was your uh anticipation around this kent and i are I wouldn't say we're wrestling fans, but we we've been to wrestling events together. I don't follow it week to week, but like you know, I was I loved wrestling for those two years from nine to eleven when I was a kid or whatever. And then I've kind of if Kent and I are going to WrestleMania or something, you know, I'll keep up with it for a couple of weeks leading up to it. But uh, Brian has no wrestling in his background, so I was uh, probably not as he was probably not as uh, interested in this. Probably, I don't even know if you knew this story, but you are kind of a historian of of DFW, so maybe you did. But anyway. Neither here nor there. I'd love to hear your anticipation of this movie. Yeah, I was stoked about this because, um, I mean, the cast was pretty interesting. It looked like it was going to be a good movie to begin with. But but the Von Eriks occupy like a weird space that may only, may not matter to um, the, you know, a listener in Wisconsin or something. I don't, I don't know. But like around here, that's like... Even for somebody who I I don't I you're you're exactly right. We used to do. It's been a while. We used to do a bit on the podcast where you guys would start to talk about wrestling, and I would pretend to fall asleep because I could not care less about anything, anything about wrestling except for obviously the Undertaker. Because uh, how could you not love the Undertaker? But um, the Von Ericks have like there's there's sort of sport royalty around here. I feel like, and so um, their story is super tragic and awful but also very interesting and um the sportatorium was like a huge deal in in the city of dallas and i I remember um when it was kind of done with its run mostly as a wrestling venue and then you would still have the occasional concert that would come through there and things like that in the 
like when not certainly not when I was going to concerts, but like when I was kind of aware of bands and tours and things like that. I think like Vanilla Ice played the Sportatorium mm-hmm. one time or something like. That. Anyway, um, Sportatorium is like a really cool classic venue here uh and the von erics play a huge part in that so yeah look i was very i was very excited about this movie i was anticipating it quite a bit um and this is the only kind of biopic whether this is a traditional biopic or not doesn't really matter but this is the only kind of biopic i'm really actually ever interested in is the the one where i am curious about the subject but i don't know a whole lot about them so the Von Erichs being from here and, and uh, having, you know, grown up here from in the Dallas Fort Worth area my whole life. I know who they are. I don't know a whole lot about them. And so this was, that's what I want from a biopic. I don't. Uh, and, and if you can kind of contain it to a, a short time period too, I think that's always a win for a biopic. And they did that pretty well here too, as well. So that's uh, yeah, I was pumped for this. I was really excited. Yeah. What about you? What was your anticipation coming in? Yeah, not hugely familiar with the Von Erich story. I mean, vaguely familiar uh, just from, you know, living around here and being a somewhat, I guess, fair weather uh, wrestling watcher. I would say I, you know, watch like one thing a month, you know, like a one WWE uh, Monday Night Raw or maybe I'll flip in on AEW uh, every now and then. Uh, but Really anticipated this for a few different reasons. One, as a wrestling fan. Two, because I am from Dallas, so I can watch this as just like a biopic. I think if you didn't even like wrestling, I think uh, you know most people that probably saw this and recommended it weren't general wrestling fans. They probably just were looking for a good movie, and this has a sports twist to it. Maybe you know I, I see a lot of sports movies that I'm not necessarily into the sport per se that it's about, but I'll go see it if it's got I know some kind of sports edge. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, I think this would probably be a great intro to wrestling for somebody. I was thinking that as I was watching this, I was like, man, if I wasn't into wrestling already, or you know hadn't watched wrestling already, I probably would after seeing this movie, just because I it just does such an incredible job of showing the commitment that these people put themselves through and how it's passed down from generation to generation. And it's still going on this way. There's still families and people in, you know, high levels of wrestling that are parts of families that have, uh, you know, passed down this legacy and people put, it all on the line to reach the top of that business. And I mean, they put their, you know, mind, heart and soul and body, everything. Uh, we love what they do to their bodies and really appreciate it. We really appreciate what they do to their bodies. And so, I mean, this was, you can go so many different ways with these wrestling movies. I mean, we've seen all kinds of tones delivered with these over the years, mm-hmm. but I've been waiting for one like this that shows kind of the, what it's really like behind the scenes and uh, how gritty it is and real it really is, uh, how it's light, real life for these people. And I mean, this is just a absolutely heartbreaking film. Um, and it's, but at the same time, it's, well, well done, well acted. It's entertaining in spots. It's 
educational. I mean, this is probably not going to win Best Picture, but it's like, uh, you know, very close to one of the best movies of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I uh, when it comes to kind of wrestling content, I would, or you know, things about it. I, yeah, it is funny. The uh, yeah, ha- having gone to it a few times, you can. It's like I always say, like, yeah, I'm not the first to say it, but fake is not the right word because you know you see these guys fall and hit things that there's no way to fake. I mean, you can pull some punches and stuff, but um, it's obviously just like fixed, you know. It's but it is really a rough life on a lot of these guys, and they're like private contractors, and they're just driving around the country even in modern times much less in the 80s <laughs> 70s and mm-hmm. 80s and it's brutal you know on on you know just because uh the, the drug use the painkillers the steroid abuse all these things the only thing that's really fixed is like uh, on and to be quite honest i is i feel like is the like oh we're gonna match these two wrestlers up together because like they show in this movie great uh, which you never really think about is anything can happen out there. Even when yeah. you match these two guys, one guy can break his leg and just doesn't get up and the crowd turns on him and that's it, right? Yeah. And so, or the guy in this movie just gets knocked out and they yeah. have to disqualify him for some reason, you know, and it's not what they could plan on, you know? Sure. Like things do I, happen, you know? I think they do a great job in this movie of showing that. Yeah, but it is, regardless, is is a very transient and trying and exhausting and everything kind of life for these uh dudes and 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 that this shows that well i mean the, the make your work movie did to an extent the kind of emotional toll of like yes that movie's more i feel like the wrestlers less about like wrestling and more about like you know that that movie could have been like a fading rocks it's more about just being on the road and, be, and being kind of detached from your life and everything all the mistakes you've made kind of coming back to to hit you but this movie's more particularly around this this era of wrestling and this family and the crazy thing and the, and the kind of curse of this family. Yes. Um, you know, all these stories have gone viral about, you know, they actually had to like make this movie less depressing to make it mm. believable. Right. It's actually the real story so much more sad and, and would be like, you know, people would be rolling their eyes like, oh, okay, Hollywood comes in. So yeah, there's some real tragedy around this family and, Okay, so tier one tragedy, the stuff around um, this family, the, the 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 kind of lesser tragedy of this type of entertainment going away and becoming, you know, the corporate corporatization of of mm. of wrestling and even UFC and things like that to a, to an extent later on uh, that this movie kind of predates. There's kind of two uh, sad stories happening here: the Wild West kind of coming to an end, and then this this family's just horrible turmoil, and and these brothers and and what they were really trying to do. I mean, it's, it's a really interesting story. And yeah. And, and, and two, it's a, it's a distinctly, you know, Dallas kind of story too. And, and, uh, uh, these are, these are, you always, I, I think all three of us, uh, are, are too young to know, like uh, to have witnessed the Von Erics in their time, but obviously kind of permeates the local legend. A lot of, you know, you hear those names forever and what that meant. And these kind of schools of wrestling in the Northeast, obviously you had the McMahons, which became the, the dominant brand but then you had like the tennessee stuff and you had the texas style and the, those kind of all became small and big failed brands that all consolidated eventually into the de- what is now the wwe so it's also like the story of of the origins of a of a, of a multi-billion dollar business so mm-hmm. um so all that so what 
what what of all of that, Brian, was <laughs> was the most interesting to you? Yeah, the I think this movie does a man. There's so much stuff here because you're right. Like, there's like a there's a dozen tragedies all rolled up into one mm-hmm. here, and yet it's not a. I give a lot of credit to to Durkin for making this appropriately sad and 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 somber and sobering and all this sort of stuff but it, it for the most of the time i didn't feel like i was watching tracy jordan's hard to watch you know yeah, or not manchester by the sea yeah yeah totally i mean it, it, it's it's sad because this is you just you just rattled off a half dozen awful things you know from from a personal level on up to a you know like a a full like global corporate level so there's a lot going on here that's tough and and but i i I rarely felt like just full-on like depressed or like i was just beaten down by everything that was happening on screen it's all very well done very handled very appropriately i feel i felt like i think this the movie takes a a pretty pretty aggressive stance towards like just the telling the story of the brothers. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's the part that I think I probably related to or, or um, cared about the most within this. The father son thing is interesting too. Um, You know, but I don't know. Fritz is such a, such an interesting historical figure and I don't know a ton about him, but especially as portrayed here in this movie, it's like, I think for, this is not just certainly not unique to to Texas, but like mm-hmm. we we all three surely know many guys, uh, many dads who are awful parents, but who actually really do love their kids. They're just really bad at it, and whose kids really love them, even though their parents are abusive, basically. And then you factor in like the like one of the more like sweet touching moments in this is is fritz and the and the mom at at the wedding and i don't know how many like kind of old school (laughs) hard a dudes i've been around in my life who are that kind of person but also really love their wives and are really kind of sweet to their wife it's just an i don't know i they got all of these relationship dynamics done really well and you guys know i love i love when relationships are explored authentically in movies like this um but yeah the brother stuff is great and then of course i'm I'm not gonna go full into spoilers but it ends on that note you know it really touches hard on yeah this concept and and kevin and and his his love for his his brothers and siblings and and the way that this all plays out so that was the part that that i i was most affected by but you're totally right that you know there's a there's an undercurrent of just of if nothing else you could have made this whole movie i think about wrestling and and the the families and the federations and the territories and all this sort of stuff and the way that that was kind of destroyed and maybe for the better i don't know i don't really care cuz i don't care about the wrestling side of it but there you know there were a lot of people who were left behind in the process of making WWE, WWF, AE, whatever else, it's the thing that it is. Uh, so yeah, that really complicated, really more complex than I, I think I expected coming into the movie. And to be able to keep, to keep it focused while touching on all those things is really very impressive to me. Yeah, I mean to play on this family dynamic that's super complicated. I mean, 
it really is to even attempt to make a movie about this family is a, mm-hmm. is a huge yeah. undertaking. And then for Durkin to say, no, I'm going to not only do that, but I'm going to kind of tell this story of this era of wrestling. So well through the ESPN stuff, I thought was great how they started syndicating the stuff on ESPN and how that mm-hmm. helped them become to the level that, that they needed to the become too, on. That wasn't right. Yet either. Yeah. yeah, so it kind of had this air quality, the movie air that we watched around this time uh, last year to it, but also had this real sincerity to the family story. And then you have the the character, real literal character in the movie of Ric Flair, who just shows what the peak of that profession was from a personality showmanship standpoint. And then you have this character that Zach Efron, I think plays great in Kevin Von Erich, who's, you know, not super charismatic, but has all the right intentions. So how is he going to overcome this guy and Ric Flair on the biggest stage, you know, in this biggest moment, all this type of stuff. Um, what did you think, uh, if you were to rank the brothers performances, how would you rank them? Because I have my own ranking. I think that I think that two things can be true of Zach Efron. I think that he I think that it is fair to say that he is probably that he's a fairly limited actor in terms of what his range is and what he is capable of doing and also that he was very very good in this. I think if you were to to me if you were to put up the um if you were to put side by side the uh the ability of Zach Efron versus uh, Jeremy Allen uh, White, it's not. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think it's particularly close. I think Jeremy Allen White is like. And part of this is just how much I love the Bear, but I think that guy is like truly can be a a great actor. Like has Oscar potential at some point in his in his future. I think that the Efron performance was probably better in this, but though part of that is just he is the focus of the movie right. and. Um, and, and, you know, uh, uh, Carrie Von Eric doesn't even come in until almost halfway through right. the movie. And so it is told a lot through Kevin's eyes. And so that it's, maybe it's easier to focus, but we've seen how many, how many hundreds and thousands of times have we watched a movie wherein a, uh, supporting performance is like the best one in the movie kind of steals the show or whatever. I didn't necessarily feel like it was stolen. So yeah, I'm giving it to Efron. I still would have a lot of stock in. Jeremy Allen White's career I think he's freaking great Uh, but I the emotional center of this movie is Kevin and I think that Efron plays that very very well yeah he's great I love the cheating answer I love Maura Tierney in this she's awesome she is great Mm -hmm. and uh Lily James is going to continue to be better in everything than she has to be forever Mm -hmm. I think I always forget about her becoming one of my favorite picks cool stuff Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. since Cinderella, which could have been awful, we always give all the credit to Brenna on that. But like, she's just always good. Like she that. feels like she could be, really yeah, like like leading Marvel movies, but she's doing like second, yeah. third leads in movies like this, which is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she seems to have really good taste. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's she like I need to start remembering that she's one of my favorites because I'm always I'm always like, who was that? They were great. Oh yeah, I couldn't James. believe she, she didn't. didn't win. She didn't win the Emmy for the Pam Anderson role, did she? I know. 
That was it's kind of cool. She, I good. like that she's like, I don't know, she's doing like the best version of an Amy Adams ever, where she's just <laughs> gonna do weird, cool stuff, but like it's all good and doesn't ever seem like she's swinging too hard for an award, but mm-hmm. like she's great and everything. Totally agree. Yeah, it was cool to see her pop up in this. Had no, no idea. I, th- I think Harris Dickinson was incredible yeah, in this yeah, was i was like who is this movie. guy like yeah, i was yeah because i was expecting you know jeremy allen exactly. white and zach efron to to do their thing and this guy came kind of came out of nowhere for me and and i'm gonna be watching him from now on yeah, yeah he same. was fantastic yeah i was unfamiliar with his game mm-hmm. <laughs> um i was trying to think what i'd even seen him in um, i had seen him in uh the uh triangle of sadness yeah. Last year. That's right. That's right. The, yeah. Oh, no, you mean Ruben, the Criterion Collection triangle? So. Yes. Ruben Ostland triangle yeah. of sadness. The weirdest criterion ever. Yeah. He's, he's, he, he definitely holds his own there. Yeah. I think there's something to your point, Brian, of like Zach Efron is, you know, a very like always has been like a attractive, you know, other than his kind of height built in a lab leading man since he was 12, but he's always lacked a certain charisma. I think naturally um, that's the failure of other than just being pieces of crap, but movies like Baywatch and things like that, even neighbors to an extent, but that's the point of this character is a little, he's a little um, just raw and not as he's not charisma list, but not the Ric Flair's of the world. And um, was a really incredible in-ring performer and it's great that Zach Efron took that part really seriously and like brought that level that really grounded the character of like some of those scenes so much of that um, the emotional um torment and story of that character was told in the ring you know in, in, sure. in a cool way sure yeah he's yeah I think it's really hard I, I agree with you I thought he was he was awesome in this and I would love for him to get at least nominated for something because I mm-hmm. think he I don't think he'll have a lot of swings at it to your point like Jeremy Allen White will um, and this one just the the socket fit the bolt really well on this, and it, it just made for a really really cool performance. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm like so excited for what he does next because I I do totally. think he's pretty limited, but yeah, this was great, and he deserves all the credit for it. Non non irony, sure. Yeah, don't I yeah, make it in Dirty cool. Grandpa too? Or <laughs> I like Zach. I I mean, I do too. Like I really, do he, too. I'm just he joking. seems yeah. like he's a he's a fun guy. He seems to get. I don't know. He he doesn't have doesn't seem to have a lot of pretension about him more than any you know generally what we get with most actors and stuff. He seems to kind of be cool about his place in within the 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 industry and whatnot. So it's it's all good. I it's I do like when we reward somebody for I don't know if you want to call it catching lightning in a bottle or just being the right person for the right role or whatever it is. Like I like when when some if something like this gets an Oscar nomination that makes me pumped. I like that. I think it's a good I think it's a good thing to have rather than I think it's there's there's a place for the career Oscar, the career Oscar nomination and there's a place for like, "Hey man, this guy did a really freaking great performance." And we may yep. not see that again. So let's what can we do about that, you know? <laughs> Definitely. I I don't want to ask this in a way that insinuates like what, what was the point of this movie? Meaning, hmm. was it to bring awareness to the story? Was it just to show the human kind of the triumph of of some level of of 
over to hey, triumph over tragedy, Kent. But there's mm-hmm. like there's something to uh you know, you know, I mean, I was trying to think like this is done without real, which in a lot of ways makes it very good because it's not super mission oriented, which some movies get lost in that. It's just like this is a you kind of think, what is this movie trying to say? Is this just trying to teach me about this world and 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 have build these empathy for these the sympathy for these characters or or do you think it has something larger to say about like kind of the the greater notion of of entertainment and humanity and all these things i don't know i'm still kind of yeah. confused on that which is cool i think that's cool that that's a little bit like nebulous i kind of felt that when i was watching the movie and and that's not something that i necessarily always am thinking about what is the point of this what's the purpose whatever but this was it was something that came up in this while watching this i think that's maybe partly partially partly wow um <laughs> partially just kind of the 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 byproduct of a biopic and whatnot. Right. Um, I felt like it all came together in the last, the last shot. Like, I mean, to just fully go into spoilers and stuff, Kevin sitting with his sons and his kids saying, well, we'll be your brothers now. And then it cuts to a shot of, of Kevin and, and, um, and, uh, Oh, I've lost the, his wife's name. Sorry. Uh, the Lily James character, it cuts to Kevin and his, and, his wife and here's a picture of of their kids and their grandkids and Pam. this th- thank you Pam and this beautiful Hawaiian estate that they live on or or you know ranch or whatever and it was like a really beautiful touching mm-hmm. example I think of like human spirit triumph and all that kind of, that kind of like cheesy stuff it, it but in a really authentic genuine effective kind of way this is a person who thought that he was cursed you know right and is that his family was cursed and he ends up with four kids and 11 grandkids and they all live together and and obviously they have i'm sure they have their own strife and whatnot that everybody mm-hmm. has but it's that's that's such a huge victory given yeah what followed this person around for his entire life and what followed his dad around for his entire life you know yeah and and how he emphasized to his kid, it was kind of heartbreaking how he wanted him to be Adkison because he didn't want him the Von Eric name. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 tough. I think it's about. I mean, I think it's about family, really. You, this, I think Jeremy Allen White's in kind of a, an unfortunate position to be play the role he is, just because of the way it's written and he has I, the the moment with Fritz and him where it's like. Son, I want you to join the family business and be a wrestler now. Like that was kind of wrong kid died kind of vibe. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's just yeah. how it was directed or whatever. And then the the scene where he goes and meets his brothers at the end to get real spoilery. Also kind of tough for him. You know, how do you do that scene? You know, all right, now you're in the afterlife and you're going to hang out with your bros. Uh, it's tough. But I thought the way Zach played that of going to discover him or whatever was real tough. I mean, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Why didn't he, why did you leave him alone and all that? I mean, gosh. Mm. Right. It was, uh, that was bad, bad in terms of like a bad situation, not a bad Mm. movie. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. That's harrowing in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is such an interesting kind of, the way the reason it's cinematic is kind of the similar ways that that like mafia movies are cinematic. It's just it has this kind of you know 
mafia is true outlaw culture by definition a lot of times but uh this has this kind of outlaw adjacent culture this era particularly of of, of wrestling it's kind of just outside the margins of of polite society it's this particularly kind of southern thing too at the time mm. at least this version of it and it, it there's a real um there's a real culture around it and a real pathos for these characters to and like you're right kent when you talk about um, you know the shake the chic or Ric Flair appearing in this. Think about what the difference that the, the like those guys saw in this kind of you know barroom brawl, backyard sportatorium business versus mm-hmm. you know the WrestleMania you and I went to in 2016 at Jerry World. I mean, it's mm-hmm. an unbelievably interesting uh, transition of of the medium that this at least tells some version of the story of and I, I i think that's really interesting outside the the tragedy it's like they they all kind of th- those you know the, the fritz character and the mcmahon's of the world the people that are running these wrestling promotions r- really were visionaries but only kind of one person ever got to see the vision fully come to fruition with mm. yeah with, uh, mm. with, with it's yeah, really interesting that's it true. makes for a very sort of tragic uh, obviously, in this case, literal um, characters, and I and I think uh, a little bit of the point might be that even in the world of professional wrestling, the most dramatic things happen outside of the ring. Oh yeah, for sure. where you would think sure. that the you know the most that you would leave talking about something that happened in, in the match, right? But it's all the stuff outside of that that's just like wow. I mean, how can that? happen and it does not surprise me that they had to take some stuff out because you know i i understand the story is crazy yeah the soundtrack was great you know the blue oyster cults i thought the rush drop was good which that song can be overdone if not used correctly but it was awesome in this and then the Song that the Arcade Fire guy wrote for the yeah. for the he did the whole score song, score was great yeah the one that they play uh, I guess a couple of times but uh, yeah I thought the whole vibe was very well done great vision for Durkin here mm-hmm. and what he wanted this to be and what he wanted the tone to be because it is it's it's really sensitive topic and you can really screw this up or be disrespectful or be too wrestly with it. Uh, you know? Uh, so I don't know. I thought, I thought he did a really good job of not going full Aronofsky where he really could yeah. have with this story. Totally. He, yeah. <laughs> and he, he kind of operates in that world. I mean, that dead ringer show was kind of the, could be Aronofsky as I hope he, he stays on this side of the, you know, not being insufferable portion mm-hmm. of things i'd be i'm very very interested in his next movie like what what comes next for for American? yeah likewise absolutely um where do you think i mean do you think that jeremy allen white's just gonna he won the globe this week again uh-huh. for the second time in a row for the season two of the bear so if they make 10 seasons of the bears it could be like fraser where he's just gonna win it every single year <laughs> or the big bang theory or whatever it is you know I don't know. I don't know if the globe matters much. I mean, it's a fun team. You know, it's like back weirdly, but I think people will. I mean, I think he'll always be the guy from movie 43, right, Brian? 
<laughs> that is what I think of him as, obviously. Uh, so it's, but it's you know, look, it's nice to to show that you have some range, right? And uh, and do some different things. Yes. Gosh. The shameless, so shameless, God. and movie forty three. Brian, how does the bear make up for those? And this movie does that make up? For, or is he still? That's how good the bear ledger? is. That's yeah. how good season two of the bear is. It makes up for okay for those sins. Uh, yeah, I love the bear so much. I rewatched the bear season two like right towards the end of the year. For I don't know because I just hadn't been sad enough. So okay. I yeah, yeah. It's so needed to feel anxious. God. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So yeah. good. Crazy that, um, I mean, I think uh, Io and and Carmi are great, but I think Richie's better, and he's the only I one know. that didn't win last night. Freaking succession, man! It's yeah, we're gonna stop haunting us. It's gonna come back every year. <laughs> it was funny that Jeremy Strong didn't win, though. I guess that's the, that's, that's the great part of it. That's yeah. It, plays in perfectly it should be a thing where if you don't show up you can't win like you're auto <laughs> auto disqualified have to be present to win just like a sweepstakes at a at the state fair or at least do a great bit in your video yeah there you go or you're anthony hopkins you get a pass if you're anthony hopkins. yeah if you're over Everybody 80 else. you went over okay. 80 and, you're, and you live sure. like nine time zones away like you can't uh-huh. that's okay. totally that's fair. fair it would have been yeah. stupid for him to be there I love the concept of of Anthony Hopkins not knowing that he won an Oscar until eight or twelve hours later when he wakes up. That's that makes me very happy. I don't know why. It's just funny to me. Man, he's the best. <laughs> and that he won the Oscar for whatever Transformer movie he was in. That's the shocking part about it. How did they yeah. do this? How did they do the sportatorium? Uh, did you guys look into how they shot this or anything? I did not. No. I mean that was. No. Can't believe we all the all the eighties Dallas sky. I'm sure it was CG, but um, yeah, it looked great. And I mean, this movie didn't shot cost that in, much, but yeah, they shot it in a furniture store. It was a furniture store, and I think in Baton Rouge or somewhere in Louisiana. I know they made yeah, uh, yeah they made it in Louisiana. Oh, probably yeah, probably New a, Orleans. Yeah, it's a converted. Let me look real quick. Fifteen million. Yeah. This whole movie cost. I mean, Bad it roof. looks it looks they, really good for that. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, it does. I know. Now we just need to make our movie with the our iconic Bronco Bowl movie, and we can honor all the. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a Dallas venue, man. That's iconic. I need a Bronco Bowl T-shirt. They didn't really have the Texas Stadium like epic shot that I thought they would have. Maybe they didn't have the budget for that. <laughs> you know, because they tease that. Like that's where the. The flare fight occurs, and there's not really like the big. Oh, we're showing Texas Stadium. You know, that would have cost a lot to recreate. I'm sure. That would have been cool to see, though. Yeah, yeah. Somebody needs to do it. We need a Garth yeah. Brooks stadium <laughs> tour movie. I pulled up the Sportatorium's Wikipedia, and it says, although it had a reputation for being uncomfortable and unsanitary. Having inadequate heating and cooling facilities, rodent infestation problems, but and apparently a large chamber or pit in the foundation, the Dallas Auditorium is nonetheless still remembered fondly for its intimate atmosphere and is considered one of pro wrestling's most legendary venues. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's just spot on. I love it. I love That's it. awesome. The Bronco Bowl, by the way, would be Remote Real Estate now. They got they 
man. Right in the middle of Kessler there. Would have crushed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. About that. Reunion Arena, too. Yeah. For sure. Classic. All right. Should we grade this bad boy out? Yeah. Uh, I'll go to you, Kent, first. What do you give this? Man, it's right between an A and an A+. Plus. One of yep. the best movies I've seen this year. Uh, I'm going to give it an A. What about you, Richard? I'm going to go A as well. Yeah, I'm going to go A as well. Uh, right right below an A plus for me now. I, I need to rewatch it, but uh, but I liked it quite a bit. It'll definitely, uh, yeah, it'll be in my top 10 of the year for sure. Brian? Nice. Uh, a plus for me. It's a probably going to end up somewhere in the four to six range maybe this year unless something really jumps out over the next couple weeks here's the big question though will this make you watch wrestling no ah brian need to go we need to hook you up you got to go in person one time just to see the okay sevens easy buddy no i'm not that it's not (laughs) that you get something different out of it the you actually would get a kick out of the level of the production in person yeah I I'm sure I would. I actually I'm sure that like, it would be I'm like hockey I where I would be like, man, this is so cool. And then I would go home and never yeah, watch no, hockey I, again. And, and that's the, the right reaction. Thing. And that's fine. I just mean, I actually do. If, if tickets ever happen in your laugh, even for like a Monday Night Raw or something, you should go because you'll sure. be like, whoa, this all goes in a truck. <laughs> that was my thing. I was like, they put this in a truck tonight and drive it somewhere <laughs> else. That's wild. Somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Solid A, A plus and A. All right. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That was fun. That was a fun little surprise one. Great conversation. Mm-hmm. Great little movie. And uh, excited to see more from Durkin. All right. Let's hit him with a weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. Brian, what do you got for us this week? Uh, I'm going to give you a book. I, I've been Enjoy super those. busy this last week. I haven't had as much time to uh, to to listen to, watch, whatever, anything new. Um, but I there's a book called that I really love called The Book of Lost Things. It came out in I think 20, yeah, 2008. Um, I read it. I read this maybe five or six years ago, and I really loved it. It's on my uh, my like the the book recommendation. Uh, note that I keep in my phone for when people are looking for something. Um, the sequel just came out last fall. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's it'll be my next book. Uh, I'm doing a so I'm doing a re-listen, a reread of of this book, and uh, it's really it's really great and really um, sweet and touching. It's kind of like it's sort of fantasy. It's kind of like it has like some Alice in Wonderland kind of um, hints to it and. Not totally dis. It's not totally dissimilar to the hike that Drew McGarry wrote. Uh, that that I love. One another one of my favorite books that I think I made. Jane Richard, Jane McGarry. Uh, read that. I'm one. in. Jane McGarry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the patron saints of this podcast. Uh, yeah, the Book of Lost Things by John Connolly is the title, nice. and it's uh, the sequel is called The Land of Lost Things. Haven't gotten to that yet, but I will soon. But it it mostly focuses on a. Uh, like an English boy in, I, I think probably his his like preteen, early teenage years, 
um, during perv, chill. <laughs> the uh, the early days of World War II, uh, and he he ends up getting kind of lost in a lot. His mother dies. He ends up in a lost world, uh, trying to kind of find his way home. It's very very sweet, and touching, and very well written. So, and I'm excited to read the sequel after I finish this one. So, Book of Lost Things, John Connolly. Awesome, Kent. What you got for us? Yeah, I'll recommend a documentary that I watched on HBO called Y2K HBO Time Bomb. And this was just somebody edited together. uh, Looks like just news footage from around the time of Y2K about people preparing for the Y2K event. And uh, it's it's pretty hilarious to go back and, and watch. So... Check that out. Y2K documentary on HBO or Max or whatever it's called. <laughs> nice. I'm going to keep HBO alive. Yes. All right. I'm going to go with a movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, Kind of a little indie, but I just <laughs> watched it over the last couple weeks. So I'm getting ready for something else. Um, um The Maltese Falcon. Uh-huh. Um, Sweet. So I don't know. Can it, Which version? There's like 10. The just original cut but the uh recommending that because there's a show coming out here in about a month um have you guys heard about monsieur monsieur spade no so it is a sequel david show. spade remaking uh yeah in French. Maltese falcon yeah it's so humphrey bogart's <laughs> character uh he plays every every role <laughs> like yeah the whole, it's all it's it's <laughs> joe dirt but he just does them all as joe dirt <laughs> spade <laughs> You have all the actors that you could cast <laughs> to lead a Maltese Falcon reboot. <laughs> and I love Spade. It's just the randomness of that makes me laugh. But go ahead. So the character the lead character of Maltese Falcon, Sam Spade, the the you know, the detective in the he has after the movie, he's like retired to France. And there's this new show coming out about that. It's Clive Owens playing the Bogart part. And I'm very excited for it because it's the nice. writer of Logan and the writer of Out of, Out of Sight, Scott Frank, uh, created it with Barry Levinson and some people. So I yeah. think it's going to be a cool mm. show. Um, kind of a Perry Mason, you know, uh, type nice. uh, thing, but in, in France. So that'll be cool. Um, so I'm excited for this. It's on, on AMC, um, which no one I don't think has anymore. So we'll see. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, we said so I want, you know. If you're gonna watch the show, I think it's gonna be a cool show. Watch watch the movie. It's a it's a great classic movie with a great classic character. And uh Sam Spade's an all timer. So yeah, Maltese Falcon and uh and Monsieur Spade coming out soon. If it's bad, the movie's great. If the television show is bad, I, I, I will be surprised, but I take no ownership of that. But at least get ready. Did for you it. um did you read that New Yorker piece about Scott Frank? No. It just came out. It came out it came, I think it came out on Christmas, so probably fell under the radar for most people. So fascinating. Really? That he has basically written so many movies that he never <laughs> takes credit for, but he just gets paid so much to not take credit. 300K a week. Dang. That he, he makes wow. to to just like, you know, oh yeah, I'll read your read your script and tweak it or whatever. <laughs> but uh I'm I'm texting you guys the uh the link to it, but it's the New Yorker uh uh, piece. Yep. Uh, his last show was the it's Queen's incredible. Gambit, Queen's Gambit was great. So yeah, Queen's Gambit is his big kind of masterpiece. Yeah. But mm. he uh, 
has done so much stuff that you would like never know he uh, Absolutely. ever ever did. Legend. I loved his first movie, uh, The Lookout, that the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. Yeah. It was really good. I rewatched that randomly, like fairly recently. Like, Man, this is, this is solid. It's good work. Yeah, he's good. So uh, we will. Uh, we shall see. We shall see what comes to the show. But that's a great movie and great place to ground yourself. And also, if you're like listening to this show because you're getting into movies and stuff, you know, throw a few classics in there. It helps. All yeah. right. Well, uh, we've got some great stuff coming out in the main feed as we kind of catch up on like with the Iron Claw, all the Oscar contenders that came out at the end of the year in 2023. We have some great things coming in 2024 as well. And on the VIP feed, uh, we have some great bonus episodes and uh, retrospectives and things coming in the coming year as well. And in about 20-something days, guys, we'll be celebrating 11 years together, growing down here with the MAM fam. So mm. uh, thanks for being with us all this time, folks. Check us out at madaboutmovies.com. Check out the VIP at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP um, if you want some bonus episodes and the Discord full of listeners like you. Um, until then, we will see you at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya Your salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again